Come on in, guys. Welcome back to Talking Llama, episode eight for Survivor 42. It was a pretty good episode. Nothing special. It was good. What'd you think? Okay. Yeah. Didn't love the knowledge's power jumping back in. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. But I still am no less excited or no more excited, even knowing it's there. Couldn't come up with someone else to give it to, though. I mean, man, this is. (laughs) Getting a little out of control. It's absolutely nuts. That Dre just has everything. Any person has ever had, right? I was thinking about that. It's it's gotta be nothing else jumps out as an obvious second person, but I mean it's it's ridiculous. Maybe James with like six people left and two idols is pretty good. I guess if you think about it that way, in terms of not just the things you have, but the point in the game and what they can mean. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of stuff, though. And I, I do wish nothing against Drea. I wish somebody more exciting was finding these. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, Tony or Sari or, like, Adam Klein in her position finding everything? They'd be giving us confessional gold every single time with how excitable they would be. Yeah, Adam is not one of the ones I would have thought of, but that might be the best of all three of those for this scenario to happen. I think Tony would be the funniest because he'd just be so excited that he wouldn't even know what to say. Adam would have the excitedness and like the the knowledge and, and game wherewithal to like on the fly. Not that, not that Tony and Suri wouldn't, but the way he thinks about the game, I feel like he would combine that into the best overall maybe. And then Suri's just Suri. She'd just be laughing about it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine her amassing this amount of stuff, but uh, if she, if she did, if she did, it would definitely be fun. Um, Yeah. And with, with Drea, it's like, I have this now. I also have my amulet. I have enough to vote. (laughs) Like, yeah, cool. Give us, give us something. Come on. You have, Every possible thing you can have in this game, I think, if they are close to it, if not everything, show show us something. Come on. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, my my biggest fear. I mean, granted, we complain a lot about like how many different game twists there are and advantages there are. I think at this point, with her having all of this stuff. It would kind of be a letdown if she got voted out with all of it. It would be hilarious, though. It, it would be like, let's be honest. Be, it would be really funny, but we would have way less to talk about. True, true. I, I'm just imagining a Drea only advantage get in coming up somehow. Like she, like she just starts playing all of this crap. And then she goes home. And then, yeah, she still gets voted out. She steals Marianne's idol. She plays her extra vote, does everything, whatever else she has, and then she's just gone. That that would be incredible. Yeah. Not out of the question. Not out of the question. I, I feel like it won't. I feel like that's like the last thing that'll happen. She seems to know the game pretty well, or at least well enough to not let that happen. But weirder things have happened. But all right, let's right, let's start off the top here. Uh, and kind of a foreshadowing, ultimately, back at camp after the first vote, Chanel is upset being on the wrong side of the numbers at the first merge vote, not where you want to be. And we got actually a, a pretty good insight into how she was thinking when she has that confessional where she said, this was the first time where I realized I thought I was playing chess and everyone else was playing checkers. And it was just clearly completely flipped. Yep. Yep. Because she had that, that one moment earlier on um, where she said, that's how good my social game is. I don't even need to have a vote to drive the vote. And it felt like, yeah, that's the line of someone who's going to get voted out kind of 
like early ish, you might think they, they've got the game on lock. Yeah. Um, always good though. It's always good when that kind of thing happens when someone's just so disconnected from what's going on, but it wasn't, it's not like it, it makes me, I don't know. She wasn't prominent enough for me to like want her to get her comeuppance for this. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. There was nothing yeah. she had done where it was like, Oh, I'm rooting no. for her to go out. She's, she's, she's so arrogant. Like that, that one social game vote, I think that was, that was like a one-off instance, but then just mentioning, and she wasn't talking about, Oh, I'm playing chess. They're all, they're all playing checkers. Like what is this, you know, amateur survivor hour? No, nothing like that. Um, so yeah, there was no like rooting interest to see her, see her voted out, but it was kind of interesting to see how that's kind of how she was thinking of the game and just had it completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wish I could say more about it. It's always, like I said, it's always fun when there's someone who doesn't have a great idea of what's going on. Um, but kind of in the same way as like Drea with all of her advantages, I don't think that Chanel like doesn't have a big enough personality to, uh, really get me as invested in like her gameplay or what she thinks is happening as I, as I want to be. That's fair. Yeah. We didn't get a huge insight. Didn't really let her, didn't really give her a chance to shine. Unlike Mike, who is just continuing to shine as bright as can be the, the scene with, with Omer here, it felt very much like a, this guy's going to win the game type scene. Yeah, I I wish we would have seen more though. Like all we know, so they like they talk about some of the like religious stuff where he's like, Yeah, I, I thought you know, I thought it'd be cool to ask him about it. So I did. And it's like, well, can we see that? <laughs> or or are you just gonna tell us what happened? Um, that, that's a that's a fair point. Yeah, we, we really only got the one part where Omer says when I'm doing this, I'm printing English or whatever the, the comment was, but it, not really an explanation of, so, so Omer, Omer is Muslim and he was setting up a little prayer area on the Island and Mike was just, you know, watching him pray, which maybe a little awkward, just, just, just lounging there, just watching somebody pray. But I guess when you're as well liked as Mike, you can kind of do whatever you want in that regard. It's not going to be that weird. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it'd be weirder for Omer, but um, I, I, I guess yeah, I guess that, that's what I was kind of implying. I guess okay. I didn't really say that, but yeah, for unless he's, I mean, maybe he's just so focused he didn't really notice it, but it's kind of just an, an odd visual, I guess, if nothing else. Yeah, but, but the the main the main takeaway is that Mike continues to crush the social game this season. It's it's incredible. Yeah, he's a great social player. Um, I, I would have really liked because we got we got a little more of the extended talk with Jonathan when they were talking about some of the stereotypes that they had dealt with just as like really big dudes. Um, but yeah, this it was uh, it was good to know that they had that conversation and good to see that Mike can uh, pretty much connect with anyone that's there. But yeah, it would have also been nice to get a little more. More. Yep. Not another reason why Survivor, why fans would love to see you know ninety minute episodes. Obviously, we've talked about it before and how it's not just as simple as Survivor saying, "Hey, CBS, we're going to take ninety minutes." But it would be it would be great if they could do that, even even once or twice a season. I guess they do that once. I guess they do it with the premiere and the merge. Even they did like a handful of times, and just just really let us dive into the the relationships and those kind of moments yeah and i could i could even get behind like maybe for like through the merge they do 90 minutes and then everything after that they can do 60 i don't know if it would be Ooh, i was gonna say i was gonna say flip it because i just i just want to see as many people for as much time as i can so that's what i'd say before but if you give the viewers something for the first half of the season, then take it away um, for the second half. It's probably not going to come across too good. Yeah, there's that. And I was thinking for the, if you did it pre-merge, they'd have to really balance who they show. Cause if they focus on 
you know, too much on certain people, it could give away that, okay, this person's either gone soon or they're going to make it a long way. Whereas if you wait to the app after the merge, there's, there's not as much to give away because everyone is playing an important part in the game at that point. And, yeah. and those, and those are the people who are voting. Those are the, the relationships you want to, to know about because if, if like Mike and and uh, Daniel were super tight, and we saw that play out over the, over there a few days, but then Daniel's just gone, you know, third or whatever it was, it would it could come across as kind of like a, a waste of time. And ultimately, I I mean, obviously this is just a pipe dream that's not going to happen. But I I would I would love to see post merge, you know, ninety minutes they could swing that. Yeah, maybe. Uh the merge episode for about like four weeks or something do do 90 minutes that'd be that'd be fine too yeah because because with australian survivor they have different length episodes throughout the week and that's something that they just kind of did when it started so it's not like they had to get the audience used to it where they'd have to do that here if there was some shorter some longer but they'll they'll do a few like some episodes will be like an hour 15 runtime some will be like 50 minutes some will be an hour. So they, they have a little a little bit of mix, which but I think they just do TV differently, is how I understand it. But anyway, we can we can save that talk for later on what we wish could happen with Survivor. Uh, so we get to a reward challenge first that we see in the individual portion. Two teams and leap into the water, swim to a platform, maneuver buoy through obstacles, shoot the buoys into basket, playing for PB and J and potato chips. Big step down from Applebee's, both of which Jeff described as a taste of home. Oh, wow. Maybe that's what the theme should be. Survivor 42, a taste of home. <laughs> That'd be incredible. At Imagine like the season 42 finale. He goes, and a preview for next season. He does the thing. Survivor 43, a taste of home. I was like, what the hell does that mean, Jeff? <laughs> Every award is just like at one point it's, you know, Southern barbecue. Next point it's, you know, fish from you know lobster from maine whatever it might be that'd be incredible yep yeah. most nonsensical I, theme ever but let's do it why not yeah yeah i mean some of them are pretty bad as is so this i mean this would probably fit in just fine um yeah i i don't know do we are we buying that uh drea doesn't like pb and j or is that just a clear strategic lie so here, here's my thought. So yeah, so before the challenge, we see Jeff hide a beware advantage on the sit-out bench because it's an odd number, so one person is going to sit out. And Marianne draws the gray rock, meaning she sits out, and Drea offers to switch places with her, claiming she doesn't like peanut butter and jelly. My first thought was, bogus, you are angling for an advantage or something because you think there might be one. But then she had a confessional where she said, I... I honestly said out because I don't like peanut butter and jelly, or I don't like peanut butter, whatever she said. So because she said it in the confessional where there's no point in line, like you would want to tell the truth there. You want to tell the fans and the audience. I said that, but I really was hoping to get something that I got it. It it makes it seem way more lucky. So that's that's the only reason I believe that it was honest. But believing it's honest, I think it's a terrible choice. Because uh, if you're if you're doing it for an advantage, sure, go for it. Say whatever you, say whatever you need to say to get out. <laughs> but if you're not doing it in the hopes of advantage, one people get targeted for moves like this. It's not a guarantee, but it it can happen. Does happen? Has happened multiple times. And two, you never know when you're going to eat again. Who cares if you don't like the food? Unless you're allergic to it. I'm sure they wouldn't even have the food if you were allergic. I'm sure they know that. Unless you, I mean, you never know when you're going to get food again, especially on on seasons like the, the new era of Survivor. I wouldn't care what the food was. If I have a chance to eat, and it, especially in a team challenge, I'm, I'm going to play. It's such a neutral food, too. Like, Yes, yes, because I don't, I don't <laughs> love peanut butter. I don't eat peanut butter and jelly. But if I'm on Survivor and that's a and that's a reward, yeah, give me that. I mean, Tyson proved how important peanut butter can be just on its own. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you're taking lessons from Tyson, you're probably in pretty good shape. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying now. I 
<laughs> I don't know where you're going, but yeah, it's like, no, if you're actually strategic, if you're basing this off of you not liking peanut butter and or jelly, like that is pretty, it's a pretty bad strategic move. Yes. So. Yes. Because there's like only negatives that come that can come from it. Now, something good did come. So we think, depending on what Tori decides to do with that information, um, we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I didn't really get it if that was her reason. And when she, when she doubled down on it in the confessional, it's, I mean, it worked out, but you know how much I hate being results oriented and thinking that it was poor, poor process, I, I would say. Um, but the orange team wins because they have Jonathan and shocker to nobody. He can even shoot Jared. He can even shoot. Who knew? Yeah, that was, uh, it felt like there was some weird editing stuff going on because of the amount of time that elapsed from when uh, it was Ulmer that was shooting, right? When he missed the last shot and then they had to chase down the the ball or buoy or whatever. And uh, it's like, how many minutes did that, like... I don't think that much time actually went by. I think Jonathan actually shot that fast. I would also guess that Omer maybe missed a couple in between yeah. there that they did yeah. get it back and he just couldn't close it out. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's where I was kind of going, going with like the editing tricks. But I mean, if you think about it, it really shouldn't take that long to shoot five of those because they said he made five in a row. Is ridiculous. Yeah. So, but he's Jonathan. He's just an absolute cheat code in team challenges in team challenges. Keep him around. He's going to win you food. Yeah. And, uh, still over in the individuals. Yeah. It was not over though. Sorry. She's the opposite. She's whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah. Um, so we get back to, uh, the camp and Drea, Finds time to open her advantage. And again, it was a beware advantage. You know, there's some little twist to it. And at first I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just in terms of not like, I hate this. This is game breaking. It's just like literally stupid. It was, it was a clue to the advantage that you had to go find. It was right by the water well. And that the, the beware part is that you could get caught red handed looking for it. It's like, Oh, that's really dumb. That's how every clue is. And then I, I don't know about you. I love this part. She, she finds it. She reaches her hand into a little hole, just covered in red paint. So the red, (laughs) the red hand, it was literal, just covered in red paint, pulls out the knowledge is power, but then she's just got this paint just to wash off, which is that part was fantastic. That was a great fake out. Good on production for that one. Yeah. I I really like that. That was something that was a unexpected twist that I found quite entertaining. Yeah, that, that was great. Well, I wish she wasn't by the water well, though. I wish it was somewhere else that she wasn't like directly by water because then she can just go straight to wash it off. You know, somewhere like, in between the beach and camp. So she couldn't just go into the ocean. She couldn't go straight to the well. Yeah, and one of the other really stressful parts about this is like you had enough time to get 90% of the paint off of you just enough on for people to notice yeah so when she gets back to camp um tori notices you know some remaining part pieces of the paint on her on her hand or arm wherever it was and i don't know maybe maybe she got nervous at the well so she figured this has to be good enough i I gotta go she hurt thought she heard somebody coming or somebody did come whatever the case may be but yeah if she didn't have to leave from what we saw it looked pretty clean I thought, but clearly there was something very visible that was clearly not dirt or just the sunlight hitting her skin weird. It was clearly paint. Um, So Tori notices and then Drea, I don't know if she didn't notice it because her lie was terrible. She said she was painting the tribe flag, which makes sense, except that the tribe flag was completely rolled up and unpainted. It was completely unpainted. Yeah. Yep. It's uh maybe that's just like the hunger getting to people out there that they don't think two steps ahead. 
Yeah, um, yeah, that's something that I can't fault somebody for too much. Because you know, maybe in their head they thought, "Oh, this will be this will be an easy, easy line to get him off my back. I'll just go with that." Yeah, but it's it is still amazing how poorly prepared some people are, like to explain what they were doing when they don't want people to know the truth. Yes, yes. Um, so along with that, Tori also notices what she thinks is something in Drea's pants, and then Drea is covering her bag, kind of like she's protecting something. So she goes off and tells, I think it was Marianne, and nothing comes from it this episode, but is something to to kind of file away for for the future that Tori sus- suspects something's up with, with Drea. Um, but what's going against her is that nobody trusts Tori. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how, it plays, how that plays out. No, it goes against Tori, but works great in uh, the viewer's favor. Yes. 100%, 100%. Now, if we get to the immunity challenge, uh, stand on a perch, holding a buoy between two poles, last, last one standing wins. But there is a twist. And we get told the twist by Jeff before he then tells the players about this. Not a fan of of this form of Jeff breaking the fourth wall. If you want to reveal some information, fine. But don't reveal it and then just have exactly that same conversation with the players. We've had this complaint before. Don't want to spend too much time on it, but it, it bears mentioning because it's bad again. Yeah, and this is something that uh, I'm sure other other workplaces do this too. But like, we do this at my job where sometimes there will be a meeting coming up, and then we'll have like a meeting of a few people before the meeting to uh, discuss what we're going to talk about at the meeting. Well, this is what it feels like Jeff is doing. That's it's a great real world example way to pull that in. Yeah, it's like he says, I'm going to give them the choice to ha- take a cup of rice for themselves. They set out the challenge or they can have enough people sit out to get enough rice for the group for four days. And then he goes to the tribe. So here's a challenge or you can sit out for an individual portion of rice or enough people can sit out to have enough tri- rice for the tribe for four days. Cool. Yeah. Could have spent that exact time on Omer and Mike at the, at the beginning of the episode. You could have. Yeah. And even if you want to cut off 30 seconds of it or a minute, just say, we're going to do a little negotiating before this challenge. I'm trying to get six of them to sit out and I'll uh, show you what I'm about to do. And, and that's totally fine. That'd be way better. I, I still don't love it just because I, I, I don't, I prefer him not to do this just in general, Yeah, but we don't that want to I, that type of behavior. Yeah. But that, <laughs> That idea though is is way better because then it's like okay something fun's gonna happen something different's gonna gonna show up here, not Jeff's gonna explain the same thing twice in the span of two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. So so Jeff, I I I love these tactics because he he says start the negotiation. They they say two. He says okay fine nine. <laughs> I know. Oh man, he's he's still got it sometimes. There that that's the Jeff that that we love the the sassy sassy jeff who just give it right back and it's fair on both sides he did say start the negotiation you want to start low yep you want yep. to start at like seven then okay say okay then then you're stuck at seven yeah so we get we get to eventually jeff settles on a four which he did tell us that he was gonna do so there was no <laughs> anticipation to that uh marianne Lindsay, drea and omer all end up sitting out Comes down to Jonathan and Tori. And like we said, Tori wins again. Two for two. And Jonathan, the team challenge beast that he is, continuing to show he's not unbeatable, even close to it, in these finesse balance type challenges. But what does work well in his favor, though, is in theory, a balancing challenge, he should finish last. He has just the the biggest ratio of upper body mass to <laughs> lower body mass. And uh, he still somehow managed to get second. So that, that bodes okay still. Well, it, it helps when someone like high is out in literally half of a second. Well, that's exactly what I would do. I, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or not, but if I, if I went on survivor, that's my, my only strategy going into the show is lose the first individual immunity challenge as fast as possible and draw attention to how bad you performed. (laughs) 
that's that's such a fun strategy to think about. Yeah, and it's almost like he was trying. Ah, it's like, oh, he's good. He's good. he looked he looked he looked pissed though. <laughs> he looks so upset. Yep. But I I always love when someone is out right away. I I love it the most in like reg the regular food challenges, whereas you sit out to eat like a feast or compete, and then someone who who actually competes is out. This at the drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah. That's always the best. Because like, well, damn, I, I could have spent that one second. Yeah. But Tori, our, our girl Tori. Our, no, no drama this week, but the longer she sticks around, the more possibility for fun it, it leaves down the road. Yeah, dare I say she's putting together a resume? Did we uh no. did we say she was the only one that no one would vote for? What was that? Did we say she was the only one that no one would vote for at the end to win? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So you don't think even if she wins a bunch of challenges and, uh, schemes her way to the end, you don't think she's got a chance. I mean, she'd have to win a bunch where just by the nature of her not being a target, she can't piss people off. But from everything we've seen up till now, every interaction she has with people comes off negative to her even in this episode they said that tori chanel romeo it's one of those three yeah there was there wasn't even they even said like tori's the obvious one will go somewhere else yeah you know what i love also is that uh i forget who she was talking to if it was one of the people that was gonna go home though and uh they were like, who'd you hear my name from? She's like, oh, Roxroy. <laughs> I would I would love if it just became her thing to like, it kind of is, but just to throw him under the bus, like for things he doesn't do at all. Right, right. I, I love my, what I really love though, is that it doesn't seem like Roxroy is really pissing anybody else off like he does with Tori. So even if he's not beloved by the rest of the tribe, just someone who is fine and not causing problems to have one person just always single them out every single chance they get another reason she's going to rub people the wrong way. It's exactly, it's exactly Michael Scott and Toby. I just got to go. I got to go back there. <laughs> Toby, just one of the most calm, neutral people. <laughs> just one guy just hates him. Uh, so yeah, the, the, I mean, early on, I don't know that I'd call Roxroy calm or neutral. No, I, that's true. That's although he he is he is trending that way last oh this week, I guess. But I I, I still see the comparison. I don't want to don't want to want to poop on that too much. Especially see the comparison. The Exile Island trip, he he became much much more relatable. Yeah, man, he just wanted to vibe out on the island, <laughs> have a good time. Yep. I also jumping ahead a little bit i loved his reaction when they tried to change the vote like the last minute just looked genuinely shocked it's like no 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 we can't do that no it's not happening i was just learned how to spell the previous name <laughs> we, oh we never got explanation as to why he voted for Lindsay or why he spelled her name so so incorrectly see i think because you you texted me uh someone's hypothesis oh yeah some someone on on twitter had said um do you think they were referring referring to lydia as lids and he thought they were saying lins as, in terms of Lindsay, so he voted for Lindsay. such a stretch i feel like that's so disrespectful to him to think of what happened it'd be hilarious if it was i still want i still want to know the spelling though i need to know the spelling of that was like l-y-n-z-e Yes, it was. Um, but I, I also think that that exact scenario becomes more and more likely the less they talk about it. <laughs> Interesting. Like, they, like you think there, there would have been some explanation if it was just a straight it, like strategy mix up or it, he had some weird reasoning for it. Yeah, strategic move that he just decided to do on his own and someone asked him why he did it, then... I could see them putting that in there, but if it was just like a random error that he misheard something and uh, wrote down the wrong name, I I feel like that's less compelling to put on TV, although I would want to see it more. 
um who was it tarzan who couldn't remember anyone's name when uh <laughs> they told him who to vote for who's monica oh tarzan hadn't thought about him in a long time yeah the game is afoot the game is afoot um what do we got here so pre-tribal um between chanel and romeo pretty much um this was kind of a I thought at least a lot of talk for not much payoff. They wanted Chanel with Romeo as a split vote. Romeo starts feeling paranoid. They call him out for being paranoid, even though they're causing him to be paranoid. Yep. And then they, they, um, they meaning hi and Omer want to maybe s- switch the vote from Chanel to Romeo. Mike's having none of it. He wants Chanel out, wants her out bad. Doesn't want to, switch it at the, switch it especially so late in the day and it, it just became who's going to be the primary and who's going to be the split it there was no competing alliances there was no middle person who's going to swing the vote one way or the other it's the majority alliance is going to get their person it's just who do they want to make the primary and the secondary option yeah well it didn't it was only three people that got votes right uh, yeah, it was pulling up here. Seven, three, one, Chanel, seven, Romeo, three, and Romeo voted for high. Yeah, H Y E. Um, yes. So, well, when you say it's the majority alliance who is getting to pick who goes, like, and it's seven to three, and and only two people get votes, and they're like trying to determine who is primary and who is secondary, like. How many people are you thinking are in the majority alliance right well, now? Well, I, I think it's the majority alliance, and then the other people realize they don't have the numbers, so okay. they go they go with the numbers. Okay. E- either either way, even if it was you know two smaller alliances, it was everyone was consensus on two people, and it was just a matter of which way the split goes. All right. Yep. Now, why do we think High voted for? I mean, why do we think Romeo voted for high? He was just kind of annoying at tribal. That's probably it. <laughs> With his uh, driving metaphors and whatnot. That that screamed, I want to get an episode title this season. That's what that line was. Because it, it, he, he literally said, can I add to that? And then said that part of the analogy and then said the seatbelt line. I mean, to his credit, that's what he wanted. He got the title. That, but that's what it felt like. It felt very forced. Like, I just want to get a good soundbite in. Yeah, and, and then a few other people got some, ooh, wow, looks after he said that, too. We got Mike saying, wow, which I hope was just edited in at some other, from some other point <laughs> in Tribal that they just wanted the reaction, which I know they do it. They do that all the time. They'll show facial reactions or whatever it might be at different times. But, like, it wasn't that great of an, of an analogy. No, it just sounds he said it was with like the right amount of intensity and like seriousness where it sounded really good. But if you think about it, it's like, eh, that's sure. It makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how well that landed, but hey, got on the title. So I'd say it landed really well Yep, with the right people. And so Chanel goes home. No shots. No shots in the dark played. Chanel, first member of the jury. The end game begins. My my winner pick. So, yeah, like how, you fe- how you feeling about that? That's okay. Didn't like her that much anyway. <laughs> my winner pick is still going strong. Lindsay is remaining vastly underedited, which I'm not liking as much. But, yeah, that's you know. kind of weird. Like it's not like she's a boring person or anything. No, she's got a lot of a lot of personality. I wonder. I guess and maybe we shouldn't look too into why that is. Uh, she'll she'll come on late. She'll come on the last like like five weeks and just just crush it. Yeah, that's what I'm banking on here. Um, I mean that's really it for this week. It was pretty. I mean it, it again fine, solid, but overall pretty on a pretty uneventful. I thought. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I just I, say, I feel like I say it all the time. They just go so fast. Like the. I mean, you go from a double last week to just a standard episode this week. Maybe that was part of it, but 
man, it's like, I <laughs> wait for this in an hour a week. It's just done. So that's uh, where you got to get on the, on the international train, Jared, get on the Australian two or three nights a week. Sometimes. Well, I, I could use a little more survivor in my life. We all could. Huh. Okay. It, it is. It's funny you mentioned that it, it feels so fast because we. I do go, or anyone who watches both do did go straight from the Australian season finishing into the U.S. season starting, and it's it's such a massive change to go from three episodes a week, four if there's any overlap, just to one hour. It just feels wrong. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing they've they've made it work this long for that that short amount of time but um well i mean in 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 the u.s that's how every yeah every show reality show too works so it's not like they're they changed anything by doing it this way i mean to be fair and and only this i i only hear this but uh, i hear that every week the the bachelor is two hours i didn't i i wouldn't know it's kind of a big one. Same with uh, American Idol, The Voice. Like those are those are all two-hour shows. Are they every week? Uh, so it depends if it's like an elimination episode or if it's just uh, like their typical. Yeah, like some like one day a week will be two hours. One day will be one. But um, a lot of information for someone who claims to. Say I am just I just heard about this. Yeah, secondhand. Um, but you know something maybe maybe Survivor could could look into it. One thing I noticed though, all of those shows are on different networks than CBS. Uh, yeah, that's a doubter. That's a bummer. Yes, not to run on your parade, but one of that has anything to do with it. But but yeah, just there's so much evidence for how much of a benefit it would be to extend the show if they could because i feel like i don't know that survivor does great in their ratings in all of tv but it consistently wins its time slot i mean uh yeah and, and it's like what else are you airing on, on beyond Earth? the edge celebrity mini survivor cut that crap out and just show two hours of real survivor yeah um i mean i know we'd both be on board for that but yeah yeah i maybe with the trend because it hasn't always been that way for those other shows um maybe there will be a trend of like the biggest reality show on your station getting more time i hope survivor follows that path but um even even going back to the older seasons like if you were to watch an hour of like token genes it would seem longer than an hour of current survivor and i can't quite figure out why that is like is it just because there's there's less strategy happening where they can focus more on just the people talking it like kind of a mystery i i think part of that because i i would agree absolutely with that i think there's there's less for lack of a better term production interference with advantages and things like that or getting through those things takes time. And so it doesn't let the game and the camp life breathe as much. It does give it a more of a quick paced, almost frantic feel. Whereas in, for example, in token sheens or in the, the teen seasons, the twenties, the game kind of developed on its own. Nothing was kind of manufactured to push it forward. It just kind of went along at its own pace. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I don't know if I would want to. I don't know if I would want to go back to that. I just want to see more of uh, more of the human interaction. But you're not going to get much of that unless you actually increase the length of the episode. Now, yeah, and I feel like, and again, nothing new or groundbreaking. That if they had longer episodes, I think the overall reception to season forty-one would have been better. Because it wouldn't have been so dominated by explaining these new twists and advantages. They could have gotten all of that in and then still shown the the camp life and everything. Wow. Just imagine if that was if that was the new era of Survivor that they ushered in, two hour episodes. 
Oh, that would be incredible. That would be incredible. Still hope. Still hope. Uh, but Jared, our favorite um, segment of the of the week is still going strong, at least for one more week. Oh, nice. We got some good material. Uh, we'll see. I again, I haven't looked at her at her Twitter feed as I as I don't. She only tweeted um, two things today, and only one or once about the episode. Um, it was me making the merge, and then her jumping and missing the key. <laughs> <laughs> with the reply to that, do y'all miss me? With the heartbreak emoji, yes, Lydia, we miss you. Absolutely. Miss you. Yep. Um. And then earlier, she says, happy 420 to all that celebrate, as it shows a video of someone using Flint to light a bong, it looks like. Spark a bong. I don't know if it's her. And then and then reply to that, smoke a bowl in remembrance of me tonight. Wow. Maybe you won't be remembering. I don't know. Um, let's see here. No BFJA this week. Feeling somber. Oh, there was a. This is from a, like last week, but in her in her exit video with um with Rob Cesarino, or exit interview, he Rob asked her about the the Applebee's reward, <laughs> and she goes, "I quote, I creamed." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that note, yes. On that note, Lydia, much we lo- we love you. This is uh, even if she has like one tweet a week, golden. Um, looking into next week, did you stick around for the next time on segment? I did. Yes. Two people winning immunity, two people going home. What do Sounds you think about terrible. that? I don't mind the two people winning immunity, but why do we need two people going home? Yeah. Yep. That's that's a good question, Matt. That's what I'm here for. Part of what I'm here for, at least. You know what would actually be better? I mean, I hate the idea of two people going home, but you know what they're going to do is split them up into two groups of five. One person's going to win immunity from each group. They're going to have pretty much no options for who to vote out since there are only be four people left. Um. I let's just say two win immunity and then eight of them go to tribal or all 10 go to tribal together and have to vote two people out like that. That would at least be something different. Yeah, I I don't like I it probably is your first thought two groups of five each goes to their own tribal council, which we've talked about that before. It's it's so dumb. I one of my one of my least favorite recurring things they do. It's it's terrible. What about this? This happened on an international season. In the reward challenge, they were all split up into groups of into like teams of two, and then those two are are a pair for the rest of the rest of that like segment. So you vote out the pair. So if you vote, so if you and I are paired together, if I get the most votes, you and I are both gone. Ooh, that's harsh. I don't know if I get on board with that. I'm not a fan. I liked it because it was so new and they were really just going for something different. But I really don't like it because it was all luck of the draw. And if you got paired with someone who everybody wants out, you I could mean, easily you'd easily just get axed just because of that. This would be completely uh well, I'll be messing with the integrity of the typical tribal council, but let's say, let's say we do it my way and everyone goes to tribal together. Is there 10 left or is there 11? There's 10. Cause there were, there were two teams of five plus plus Drea. Okay. So there's 10 people left. Everyone goes together. You know, two people have to go home. You go up and you have to cast one vote for two different people. And you see what happens. And then, so just the the two with the most votes. Yep. I mean, I feel like that's not completely out of the question. You like it? It would be for what we've seen. They've never tried anything like that before. Um, 
but that would that would at least bring in like another layer of strategy there there might not be enough time in the episode to cover all of that um true sorry one of my friends is accessing my id to watch some severance so he's got to <laughs> gotta send a, a quick text here a little li- live life update on the podcast you're welcome slash i'm sorry um i i would like that because because it'd be different and it'd be i don't know that i would love it as something that like they always do or like a lot of their like their a lot of their twists but i think it'd be it'd be interesting because it would be it'd be a little twist to, okay, we vote. Okay, now we're going to vote again. Well, this is what we talk about too, where it's like, it's okay if you try something. It's it's okay. Um, not everything is going to be received super well, but sometimes you find something that works. And even if you don't use it all that often, like you have it in your back pocket in case you want. Yes. Or if it flops completely, you just throw it away, which... They haven't shown a great propensity for doing it, <laughs> but they did it with the edge of extinction. So they do, they do have the capability, but the, the one thing I like about your idea where they vote twice at the same time, or maybe I don't like this about the idea. I, I'm honestly not sure. Cause then the person who gets voted out first there, they can still have a say in the next vote. Cause like if, if I, if I vote, if I'm out there and I vote for Drea and Mike and I get voted out and then Mike has the next most votes, my vote played a part in that, even though at that point I was out of the game. No, I'm, I'm just saying you go up when everyone, when all 10 are still in the game, everyone casts two votes and then you just read them off at the same time. And then just whoever has, okay. Okay. I was thinking about that in a really unnecessarily complicated way. I think. Yeah. See, so it's my, just the, it's just the top two votes, vote getters, vote yeah, receivers. A little more extreme. Like you're, I think you're still thinking more along the traditional lines of, yeah, like everyone goes up and votes twice. Um, like we're just doing two people back to back that we're eliminating. Yes, um, my way does not make sense now that I actually think about it. But but it also that also wouldn't be that bad because like you would have to factor in, like we are going to be voting this person out the first time. So we can't, we can't count on their vote for the second one. Um, there, there's a, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely makes it more interesting either way that you handle that. Um, but both of those scenarios that we just discussed, whether it's how you had envisioned it or me would be more interesting than what they're going to do next week. What if, and I haven't thought this through one second, cause I just thought of it now. What if you go up to vote and you have to label your votes, vote one and vote two? And your, and your first vote only counts for that first vote. And your second vote, you, you're at risk of voting for somebody who, who just got voted off. So your vote is just null and void. Is there anything there or is that just terrible? Yeah, I'd be a little concerned how, how rocks would be able to handle that. <laughs> um, I I think it's a little that might be a little too much. A little too getting a little too cute with it. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what I figured, but I it just came to me wanted to at least speak it out loud so I could hear it if it was possibly that dumb, which the more I think on it, I think it would be. It it would be it's like 70th percentile dumb for some of the things that they come up with. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not sure what what I would how I would react if if that actually happened. I think I'd be so so in awe of like how it's like needlessly complicated it is. Like that's kind of hilarious. And then I would think about it like, oh, that's actually really dumb. Is how I think my thought process would go. Exactly as it's going now. (laughs) (laughs) But only time will tell if it's something really dumb or they actually surprise us and have a cool way of, of doing it. But as we saw last week with the merge episode, something dumb being included doesn't mean it's going to be a bad week of Survivor. True. 
True. And we've learned to have some hope uh, this season, especially going in not knowing what to expect. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm fully at the point where I'm gonna until they until they tease us with the advantage get in, because I don't know if they can resist teasing us if and when it happens. Until we get that next t- in the next time on Survivor, I'm gonna go into each week optimistic and looking forward to it. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking forward to it. I'm just more or less optimistic or pessimistic. But I think I'm gonna go. I'm going in every week now, saying this is gonna be a good week of Survivor. And even if you tease me within with an advantage getting I'm it, it would make me even more likely to watch it would not make me more likely to like the outcome but that's like you you're on the edge of your seat hoping something stupid doesn't happen which I guess in a way fair. is exciting fair I, I like that that's that's a it's a very positive spin on it in a way to look at it. I like it. But I guess uh, only time will tell till we get into uh, the double vote next week and how that actually operates. Uh, before we sign off, any any last thoughts this week? Thoughts for next week? You think we we hit it all? No, I think I think we're pretty good. All um, right. Yeah. Who who would you? Now this won't be an official winner pick, but who would you replace Chanel with as a as a winner pick at this point? <sighs> Let's see. I I made a case against him last week, so I'm not going to pick high. Um, last week I said he's gonna he's gonna peak a little too early. And they'll know they have to get rid of him by the time there's like six people left. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll I'll go with uh, I'll go with Drea. Okay, you think she just has too much power? She can't, she can't lose. I mean, she's in a better position than anyone, and she seems to be mostly well liked. Yeah, she's definitely positioned well. Seems to know the game. Has, and has, is a little under the radar. Yeah, yeah, she is. At least that's the way she's being presented. I would not be surprised at all at this point by Adria when Omer is in a great spot. Mike's in a great oh, yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then High is still kind of the most high-profile player left. I would say. Um, those four probably seem like the most likely grouping of potential winners, but who knows? A lot of survivor left. Yep. Still time so, for a Rocks Roy out of nowhere win. Well, we got a we got a big dudes alliance brewing from the looks of it too. So we'll see where that goes. See where see where that takes us. Um, but we always have to wait and find out what what, what uh comes next on Survivor 42. Uh you can be sure you can subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify, anywhere you listen, talking llama pod. Follow us on social media, Twitter at Llama Talk Pod, Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. For Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambage, and we'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Crispy. 